This is Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast, episode number 75. Today, our special guest is Ann Shepard. Ann is a nursing and clinical informatics executive for one of the largest healthcare systems in the United States. Ann shares her personal transformations and experiences as a participant in our various leadership coaching programs. This is an inspiring interview you won't want to miss. Hi, healthcare leaders. I'm Tracy Christofferson. And I'm Michelle Trosett. We're your hosts for Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, and we are so grateful you joined us today. You're about to see healthcare problems and challenges through a brand new lens and take your leadership to a whole new level with this podcast. We've coached healthcare leaders from across North America for over 30 years as they strive to establish healthy healing organizations and thriving work cultures. This is the only podcast that shows healthcare leaders how to apply polarity thinking, the missing logic in healthcare to their reoccurring challenges so they can stop wasting time, money, and resources on fixes that fail. If you want to create a healthy healing organization where staff and leaders thrive and perform at their highest level, where values are aligned, outcomes are sustainable, and the highest quality of care is delivered, then this podcast is for you. Keep listening. Each week, you're going to learn how to leverage a polarity mindset and manage competing priorities as we use a polarity lens to explore everyday challenges with the leaders who are striving to manage them. We're thrilled you're here. Hi, it's Tracy. And Michelle. And guess what? We're back for another episode. We are. Can you believe it? Back again. Number 75. Ooh. We're 25 away from the big 100. Oh my gosh. I know. So exciting. It is, isn't it? Yes. That's oh. a milestone. And who gets to be the lucky number 75? Our friend Ann. Oh, yes. <laughs> Our friend Ann Shepard. Oh, this was such a great interview. It was. It's just been so much fun to get to know Anne and to be on her journey with her. And she's just a delight. She is. She's just so real and authentic and funny. And, you know. She just tells it like it is. She does. Which I like. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Anne. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Anne's, Anne is going to share her stories about experience with us in our coaching programs and what she's gained from that. And it is, uh, it's remarkable. She's just really a great lady. She is. She is. So we extended this invitation um, after um, spending time with her in our coaching programs and she very willingly and graciously said yes. So you're in for a delight, really a delight. Um, But let me tell you a little bit about Ann Shepard. Ann is the System Senior Vice President of Nursing and Clinical Informatics for Common Spirit Health based in Chicago, Illinois. Her focus is on nursing and clinical informatics, system implementation, workflow analysis, and creation, leading and managing people, as well as leading meaningful use and performing um, interoperability activities. In partnership with her Dyad Medical Informatics Leader, Together, they establish oversight for optimization efforts across Common Spirit Health's broad electronic health record environments, and they have several. 
Um, Anne is a graduate of Mercy College of Nursing and Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa, and she is certified nurse informatics nurse through the American Nursing Credential Center. She has held nursing staff and leadership positions in both the market and national levels, as well as in ad- adjunct faculty positions in graduate nursing programs in Iowa and North Dakota. And Anne resides in the beautiful state of Colorado. So yeah. without further ado, here is Anne. Hi, Anne. Hello. We're so, so grateful to have you on our podcast today. I am glad to be here and tell you a little bit about my journey. All right. Yay. That's awesome. That's what, what a we journey. Want. <laughs> <laughs> so before we kind of get into the journey... Let's just talk a little bit about the beautiful state of Colorado, where we know you live. And, uh, you know, we definitely want to get out there to visit you. And uh, and we want to kind of know, what do we need to check out when we're there? Well, the beautiful part of Colorado is you can go to the mountains any time of the year. So it could be a summer event. It could be a winter event and find many things to do. However... I don't live in the mountains. I live in the city. I live in one of the suburbs of Denver. And one of the things that the Denver metro area has is um, a walking path, part of the green space that's called the Highline Canal. And it's around 71 miles. It goes through Denver proper and many of the suburbs. It's uh, paved or it's gravel. And you will meet people on bicycles, people on foot, horses, um, and it's a wonderful time and opportunity to get into um, the green space, walk in neighborhoods, uh, walk behind mansions and in non-mansion neighborhoods. I mean, this path is just fascinating. And uh, one of the fun things that my sister and I have done in her neighborhood is um, there are or maybe it's a den, or there's members, I don't even know what you call coyotes, but there are several coyotes in this green space who must live there, and as ambulances or police cars or sirens happen, they howl. So you're walking on the path in the middle of the day, and you hear this these, coyote, these coyotes howling, and it always makes you just sort of stop, and again, remember, you know, we're all just part of this ecosystem, and uh, we're surviving together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. That is. It's very cool. And like it's, Colorado is one of the healthiest places to live, right? Like mm-hmm. that's it, true. Like six counties out of 10 mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. just voted, right, as the healthiest places to live. And I mean, that's awesome. Yep, it, it is wonderful. And there's a lot of outside activities. And, um, you know, and people really do pay attention to self care and, um, you know, balancing their polarities for activity <laughs> and rest. And yeah, <laughs> all of those things. Yeah, well, it's funny, because uh, Trace and I just recorded a podcast episode on activity and rest. And I'm like, when we go to Colorado, we could go hiking with Anne and get a little activity in. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then we could rest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and rest too. Rest too, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we're so we're just so grateful that we met you, and um, we were reflecting on you know how our paths crossed, and we actually first encountered you when we offered up the webinar series for healthcare leaders back in May after the COVID pandemic struck, 
and Tracy and I just really wanted to do something for healthcare leaders. And you were one of the leaders that showed up for that webinar series. And just think that was five months ago. So today's our five-month anniversary. <laughs> and it's hard to believe we've known each other for five months because in many ways, it seems like we've known you for five years already. And it's because of the journey we've been on that we're going to be talking about today. So just so grateful that our paths have crossed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after we did the webinar series, um, we put our heads together again and we said, you know what? Everyone wants more. Let's put together a work-life balance boot camp for healthcare leaders. And we offered that up. And uh, you uh, you registered and participated in that. And of course, as you know, Anne, one of the things we always talk about is how important it is to bring intention to what you do. So you would just share with our listeners what your intention was in joining the Work-Life Balance Boot Camp uh, back in June. Sure. Well, you know, the the thing about um, work-life balance, there are a number of ways that it has been analyzed and, you know, and discussed and planned. And I just kind of felt like, well, first off, I didn't really have work-life balance. And the The things that I have learned in the past, for whatever reason, were not coming forward and were not helping me. So I'm thinking, okay, this is something different. And with the COVID and with working from home, it was feeling hard to turn off at eight o'clock at night. It felt like I was working all the time. And I know I probably wasn't, but I felt like it. And it felt like my house was going crazy. I just wasn't able to do what I felt like I needed to do. So my intention was I need to figure out what I need to do differently in order to feel good about what I was doing at all. Yeah. Well, you know, it's all about taking that first step and learning a new way of doing things, right? A new way of looking at things. So that's really great. Yeah. And I think just, you know, recognizing what you did in the past didn't work, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. It wasn't helping you. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there was a little bit of, do I really have time for this? But you did oh, it yes. anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that was the other thing is like, well, I'm just so busy. And, you know, and, and we say that all the time, I'm just so busy. Um, but it really felt, especially after the, the you know, the in, sort of the introductory session that I didn't have enough time not to do this. I really needed to do this. This was the right thing to do at the right time for me. Um, And I don't think I'm the only one because, you know, we've had this conversation before with our colleagues that, um, you know, we're sort of surprised we all found us together, Mm -hmm. but we're very grateful that we did because it really has, um, for me personally, made a huge difference. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, in the boot camp, as you know, we introduce you to the dynamic dynamic balance effect. It's a framework that really helps us look at um, how things are organized. And in that, we zeroed in on polarity thinking as a whole new way to look at that tension between work and home, which is what you were feeling, that tension uh, back then. And as a result, you created your own work-life balance blueprint. So Mm -hmm. I just want to ask you a few questions about your blueprint. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell our listeners kind of your first thoughts, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, how has your blueprint changed your thinking about balancing work and home? Well, you know that, well, you don't know. I will tell you the blueprint is <laughs> boxes of information that 
you put me, I put into different places and you all guided us through how to populate the boxes, how best to put what we were thinking on this sheet of paper to start Mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. And um, I really hadn't thought about balance in this way. Again, polarities, it makes you think differently than how you've thought before, which is good. Um, The blueprint for me is a tool that I refer to, to sort of see where I am. You know, these are some goals or some objectives that I, action steps that I wanted to take. Well, have I done those? Where am I on those action steps? And if I find myself feeling um, you know, you, you all, we all know we start feeling out of sorts, but we may not be able to identify exactly what that means. Well, referring to my map, for me personally, those are some of my warning signs. And if I see those, I, you know, sort of smack my head and say, oh, ooh, here I am. <laughs> this is not what I want to do. I'm, I'm starting to get crabby with my family. I'm starting to get, you know, short with my staff. And um, it helps me to identify quicker where I'm not where I where I feel like maybe I'm going where I don't want to go. So it pulls me back into sort of being better. Right, right. Because one of the things we teach you with the blueprint is how you can over-focus at work, right? Which then brings your early warning signs up after a while. And you can swing the other way and you can over-focus at home and you can have the mm-hmm. same things happen happen there. So that's great. That's great. So um, you say that you look at your blueprint. Like, what's your routine with your blueprint? I mean, I don't, I'm assuming you don't sleep with your blueprint. <laughs> under your pillow? No, I don't. <laughs> I, you don't have it under don't, your pillow. I don't sleep my blueprint. However, I do refer to it quite a bit. I have it in my office. I look at it. Um, You know, I started looking at it on Sunday nights, and then it really started working out better that I look at it Monday mornings. And as I'm looking at my blueprint, I have my computer and my week opened so that I can start to see one of my action steps is to delegate more to my people. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really like mentoring and I like getting people, you know, ready for whatever there is, whatever they want to do next, their next career, their next opportunity. And some of those things are in my skill set, I have them. I, they're mine. I'm assigned to those things, but I can share. So where do I want to delegate and who do I want to delegate? Or, you know, with my home, you know, what did I accomplish last week and what might I want to focus on this week? Did I want to, you know, I'm not a big organized cleaner, but I do like things neat. So do I have places that I need to focus on this week? And maybe I'll do it on a Tuesday, or maybe I'll do it on a Thursday. So it's sort of just organizing in my mind. It's okay, figure out, you know, what you're going to do, and use your tools to sort of help you get there. Yeah, yeah, it kind of, it gives you flexibility, right? Because this is about dynamic balance. So it's not about having to do everything. It's about from what I'm hearing you say, it's about what's going to fit in this week. What's going to work for me on both both poles, right? Right. Yeah. Well, when we uh, worked with you in the Work-Life Balance Accelerator Program, which is the next step uh, after the Work-Life Balance Boot Camp, um, we explored how important it is uh, really to consider your limiting beliefs in the story you tell yourself, <laughs> Because those beliefs, right, and stories can hold us back 
Or if we choose empowering stories, they can move us forward, right? So we talked a lot in that uh, accelerator program about flipping things around and and getting rid of those limiting beliefs and stories and uh, that might be holding you back. So would you be willing to share with our listeners maybe a couple of stories or beliefs that you needed to flip in order to really accelerate your success? Sure. Um, I'm the firstborn in my family, and I've always been pretty independent, a little strong-willed, and um, have always had this sense that if something needs to be done, it needs to be done by me. And as you can imagine, that sort of makes me crazy. I mean, I, I feel like I don't have time to do this, but I have to do it. I need to do it well. You know, I'm going to be judged whether I am going to be judged or not. So sort of acknowledging this, um, you know, considering that I need to be vulnerable, I need to be open. This has helped both on the work side and at home. On the work side, it goes back to that delegation. How can I ask others to and and not just you know give it away, but ask others as a learning opportunity, not you know as punishment, but as a learning opportunity. This is something you need to think about. This is a place you need to be. And with my family, it's leaning on my siblings more than I have in the past. When I you know when there are things that uh, related to our our mother, for example, I don't have to be the only one who does something. My sisters can help. So it really, I mean, I'll tell you, it's taken, it's. It's helped. It just sort of takes the pressure off your shoulders. You're not the only person that has to do something. Um, and for me, that was that was a pretty big step. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing that we talk about in the program is how to leverage strengths, right? Because it's, mm-hmm. it's all about making the implementation of your blueprint easy. Right. So mm-hmm. knowing, you know, getting rid of those limiting beliefs, having empowering stories for you, delegating, right, and leaning into your sisters, but also about what innate strengths do you have that you can lean into as well mm-hmm. um, to make it as easy as possible. So how have you leveraged your strengths to meet the goals of being resilient and balanced as a healthcare leader since since you were in the program? Well, you know, the funny thing is I've done a lot of these uh, personality strength finders evaluations, and quite honestly, I've done the surveys, answered the assessment questions, and then put it in a drawer, and not really ever used it as a tool to help me. You know, mm-hmm. I, it's I know that probably sounds crazy, but it's like, well, I have a lot of strengths, but I also kind of forget about some of them because I don't maybe use them every single day or I don't think about them every day. So reviewing those tools and those assessments was a great exercise at reminding me, um, you know, these are things that you bring to a relationship, to a work environment. And I asked my folks, I said, I we need to do this as a group. We need to lean on each other in ways we have not. We're still a forming and storming group. We're not a highly performing team. We're still sort of getting to know each other, figuring out. Um, and I said, we need to know where we have strengths and abilities because I can guarantee we they're not all the same in all of us. So again, for me, it was, it was a great exercise to... Um, you know, just consider what are my strengths? What can I bring to, you know, either work or home? Um, and just use them as a tool rather than just something I pull out of a drawer and go, oh, yeah, I did that one time. 
Yeah, yeah. And you're not alone, Anne. It's always surprising to us how, how many other leaders have taken assessments like that, and then they just, you're exactly right, they just kind of forget about it. And there's such, you can get such leverage out of them if you apply them. So that mm-hmm. was our intention with the accelerator program is to put them right on your roadmap mm-hmm. and then look at your blueprint and how can I really leverage it. Yeah, well, and when you want to delegate, yeah, you got to know the strengths of the people to know who exactly. to delegate what to, right? So yeah. to your point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, it's been good for our team. You know, we continue to move to be a highly performing team. That's every leader's goal. Um, we're getting there. Um, and it's really made a big difference. And, you know, they were just like me. Well, yeah, I did that a long time ago. Well, I don't know where it is. And, what, you know, I don't, I don't even know what my strengths are. And it's like, aha, we're going to find out. And <laughs> <laughs> so it's been good. It's been very good. Oh, great. Great. Uh, well, you know, Leaders, um, they often don't take the time either to like cast a really big vision of what they're, you know, what they really want to achieve and sort of keep it in front of them, right? Um, and of course, in the um, rise of the Resilient and Balanced Healthcare Leadership Coaching Program, we spent time really talking about vision and and ha- having it be big, you know. So would you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit about what your takeaway f- was from that experience? I would love to. And quite honestly, I, I, I first thought, you know, I don't have a vision. I don't even know what a vision is. I mean, what's a vision? You, uh, you know, and I've worked for companies and it's a bunch of words. And, and, I, and I kept thinking, I can't put my thoughts in three sentences or 50 words. I, I'm not that good at it. And then um, with, it was one of those individual coaching sessions uh, Tracy, I think you mentioned, well, my vision's like four pages long and it's, you know, all full of all these things and it's here and there and all these things that I want. And I thought, oh, oh that, I could do that. So, I mean, you know, at, to start with a blank sheet of paper and I'm thinking, I don't know what to put on this. And then all of a sudden, after that, it it sort of gave me permission to write things down. And I wrote a whole bunch of things down. And then I said, No, I don't like that. No, not that. And then it got to the point where I have a, you know, a paragraph of where I think I am and where I think I want to go. And, you know, it includes my current time or my current environment, which is a work environment and a little bit of my future environment, which is when I retire, what do I want to do when I retire, I don't want to get to that point whenever and however that looks, and then not know what I'm going to do. So um, it was, I think it was a very good exercise, a little scary at the beginning, but sort of, you know, <laughs> that you put your pen to paper, and all of a sudden, it just comes. It was yeah. really kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's magic in that, right? It's a, it kind of goes back to the limited beliefs, almost like, well, I, some of these things probably could never happen. But there really is magic when you put your imagination to work about, about what you really, you know, what you really desire, what you really wish as part of your vision of the future. So yeah. Yeah, you got an A for that one, Anne. Yep, yep. You did. Well, and I think I think part of that exercise too was writing down those things on our, you know, sort of our wish list. The, yes, the, uh, one hundred and one wishes. One hundred and one wishes. Yes, and uh, and and you know, and I know we joked about this, but I did not have one single trouble putting all of those things in there. And I even have a you know a backup list of things if I do those things, I can add to it. So so I I think this is kind of this is kind of good. I I'm I'm kind of liking this. This. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you know, we spend so much time in our reality. 
right? Mm -hmm. And to your point, when you started on your journey, you were kind of stuck in that COVID reality, right? And Mm -hmm. so I think when we step away from that and really start to think about, wait, this is just the now, this isn't tomorrow or the next day, right? Like this, is, I can dream into anything I want. And it, it it gives you energy, I think, when you when you know that, you know, there's this place you're moving towards, right? And it's intended to pull you forward, right? To pull you through the hard times because this is where I'm going, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in the coaching program, too. So, you know, we've kind of got this journey happening for you. You started out with the Work-Life Balance Boot Camp. Then you went into the Accelerator program, accelerated that. And then we took you into the coaching program, which really is the full dynamic balance effect and how that can really support you as a, a resilient leader. And a big part of that was really valuing the prioritization of goals and breaking them down into smaller steps and which right aligns with the vision that you have, right? You got to, you have the vision, but how am I going to get there, but kind of chunking it down. So how did that help you um, be a resilient and balanced healthcare leader? Do you think? Well, the thing about goals are, well, number one, we wrote them down. I mean, that's a big thing right there. You write them down. Number two is probably, um, you know, make them realistic, use, you know, and and actionable, but don't go crazy with your goals. I mean, you know, you you can't really do 20 goals. So what are the top two, three, four goals um, and limit that? And I think my goals were around helping me establish some habits that I had a desire for. So, you know, the goals themselves are helping me with a habit that helps me with, you know, some of my other action steps. So they all sort of fit together in a really logical way. Um, And I, I think they're, you know, when you talk about goals, a lot of us will say, well, you know, I've had goals, I set goals all the time, I never do any of them. Well, I don't feel like these goals are that kind of goal. It's like I can do these goals. I can I can achieve these goals. I can meet these goals and I can update them and refine them and, you know, say this one's done and add a new one. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just leaving you right into it, aren't I? <laughs> well, I, I, I think you make a great point, right? And sometimes we set these really lofty, big, huge, mm-hmm. hairy, audacious goals, right? And we set a number of them. And then all we're doing is setting ourselves up for failure because it's too much. Right. In the reality of everything you have on a day-to-day basis, right? Which puts you out of balance, right? Because then you're doing all this, trying to get to this place when it's just too much to do. So mm-hmm. you have to, you know, I think to your point, pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know you're you're one of a uh, an elite group now that has gone through every single step of our programs, <laughs> and uh, what having gone through all of them now, um, just how would you summarize the overall experience for people? I think the the biggest value of the program, at least our my journey, is. That we start that truly we started at the beginning and had an opportunity to learn um, polarities, um, you know, sort of new ways of dealing with 
a common thing, right? Work-life balance. Um, but it was the building on of new knowledge and new information in a very logical, systematic, and uh, absorbable way. Um, you know, you, uh, you when you take classes in school, I, I always sort of relate back to when I've been in programs and the very first day you get the syllabus and you look at the syllabus and you just about panic. How can I possibly do everything in this syllabus? You know, I, there's just no way. And then you start remembering, well, I have a whole semester. Now, you all did not give us a syllabus, which was great. Thank you for that. But you did give us those bites and pieces so that we could absorb them and understand. And the coaching sessions were another opportunity for clarity. And I will tell you, I'm still not 100% confident I have doing and being down tight, but that's okay because <laughs> I'm a work in progress. But it's um, it's just really, um, it's for me, it's this is just really life-changing. It's really been a very valuable experience and I'm just, um, you know, I just really enjoy it, everything about it. Uh, I'm like a junkie about this, I guess. <laughs> I was, yeah, I think you are too, and that's all right with us. Yes. <laughs> We're kind of a junkie for you too. Yeah. Um, well, lastly, um, you know, what would you say to other healthcare leaders who are out there? Maybe you've been in the same situation you were in, right? Just kind of trying to manage everything, all the changes and the COVID and everything else. And, and if they were thinking about our work-life balance, um, you know, boot camp, or even just thinking about the additional accelerated programs, right, that we offer, the accelerator, the coaching program, what, what would you say to them if they were even just starting to think about it? Well, I can tell you what I have said to them, because um, I really do think that this is something you should not miss. And I know people are going to say, well whatever. My recommendation is you do this. You take advantage of it. You learn some new tools for dealing with the reality that's yours. Um, you know, I don't think most people would actually say they are happy with where they are. They are off center. They're just a little bit not there. Um, and I, I again would go back to you might not think you have time to do this, but you need to take the time. This is going to give you time um, and sort of, I don't know, more positive feelings in your head that, you know, this is not overwhelming. We can deal this with this. We're going to be in this sort of alternate reality with COVID for quite a long time and not having good skills to manage it or understand what you need to do is going to make people really unhappy. And this is an opportunity to sort of give yourself some power and balance those sort of things that you can't control with, you know, how you do have some control. You can, how you react and how you plan and how you review and look at things. Um, from my perspective, you know, you'd be a fool not to join uh. and not to stand in line for the next class. <laughs> <laughs> and repeat, right? He is repeat. a repeater. <laughs> I would say, and I will tell you that having that opportunity, that is also quite a gift having an opportunity to go back. And as we've talked, I was in a different place the second time than I was the first time. 
But I still had an opportunity to refine my thinking, to look at my blueprint, to say, oh, you know what? That's a real, yeah, I did. oh, that's good. So um, I would say that's also a gift. Well, you've been a gift to us, really. Absolutely. And, you know, Michelle and I, you know, we're on the journey too. Like, it's not like we're the sage on the stage and we've got it all figured out and, you know, we're done. Like, because this is a journey that never ends, right? And mm-hmm. so with all of everything you've brought to the groups that we've been a part of together, right? We learn from you. We learn from everybody that's in there as well, right? And and it's an ongoing reminder for us, right, around the things that matter most and, right, to take care of the things we need to take care of as well. So we're always learning too. Yeah. Well, I have, uh, you know, I, I do um, value the opportunity. I'm grateful for the new knowledge. And, you know, like I said, I'm just not quite done yet. I'm not ready to be done. I'm still learning. I've always been an adult learner. Um, and I just know there's more I need to learn. So mm-hmm. um, I'm grateful for the opportunity. I love the court of support. It's um, a wonderful concept that uh, we're, it's different, but it's the same. It's wonderful. And, um, you know, the colleagues that um, that have been part of this um, are are really we're all different, and it's uh, it's a wonderful place to be, and I'm just very thankful for that. Yeah, well, thanks, Anne. Yeah, so what Anne's referring to is after everyone uh, finished our coaching program, there was this sense. Oh, Tracy and I felt it too. Like we can't be done. <laughs> so we have a core to support membership now, and so we've continued on. And yeah, it's been very, very valuable, and it's been great to have you a part of it, Anne. And you know, one of the things that we said at the very beginning, even with the boot camp, is you know, you'll get out of it what you put into it. Mm-hmm. So I think your success and the transformations that you've experienced has really been a lot on you to really bring that intention all the way through. And um, it's been really fun walking the journey with you. Yep, I would agree. It's been great. Well, I think too, once you decided you were in, you were in, like Uh you were committed to it, right? You were consistent and you were doing the work and really thinking about it and putting in the effort that you needed to. And it's just a testimony to who you are as a leader. So thank Mm -hmm. you so much. Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks for being on our podcast. Yeah. Any yeah. closing comments? Anything you'd like to leave our listeners with? Well, I would just say thank you very much. It's been great. <clears throat> and again, I'm not quite finished yet. Um, and uh, I I just think this is a great opportunity for you know leaders. And quite honestly, I don't even know that you have to be a leader to get a lot of value out of this. It's It's very helpful from a leader's perspective, but... Um, you know, we may have to work on an expansion to non-leaders, everybody. I've been talking about this to my sister who thinks that she should sign up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hear that more than not. Yes, we do. That, well, that, can't you do this for us? What about me? What about, you know, so yeah, we do often uh, have people say this applies to everybody and it does. It's not unique to mm-hmm. healthcare leaders. Mm-hmm. All right, so stay tuned on that. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Anne. It's just been a joy. And I know our listeners are going to get a lot out of they are. out of this episode. So thank you. All right, we'll see you later, Anne. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And All to right. our listeners, we'll see you again on Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. Yep. Stay safe and healthy and strong. Stay strong. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. 
Thanks as always for listening to Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. We'd love to hear and answer your questions. If you have questions, you can email us at questions at missinglogic.com and we may include your question in a future episode. You can find show notes and links at our website, www.missinglogic.com forward slash podcast. If you're the kind of leader who wants to help others, then share this podcast with your peers and other healthcare leaders. We're certain if you found value in it, they will too. Please share this on your social media channels and leave us a review in iTunes. If you don't know how to leave a review, you can find instructions on our website at www.missinglogic.com forward slash podcast. 